Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. So I had a dream last night Uh-oh. that Natalie and I were sitting on the couch. We're in the middle of watching Deadwood right now. We're rewatching it because it's uh, it feels nicer than what's happening in reality. Yeah, right on time. Uh, five years late. <laughs> five years late. Um, and I had a dream last night that Natalie and I were watching it and that the whole thing was Al Swearingen was sucking on this prostitute's breasts, trying to get milk out of them. Wait. And it kept turning around and like, can't get any milk out of these tits. <laughs> were you hard when you woke up? That's what Natalie asked, and I don't, <laughs> don't think so, but I wake up hard anyway. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the last podcast on the left. I'm Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. We already heard something we don't want to hear from Henry. <laughs> I never and, want to no, think about that ever again. Really, I apologize for prompting it. That's not all that different from Deadwood the show. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, was thinking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, I mean, there's a whole scene where he's getting a violent blowjob from a woman. He's, he's making a Shakespearean yeah. soliloquy. I think you were just watching Deadwood. <laughs> I was. Yes, uh, I just right. fell asleep while watching Deadwood. I just think between Deadwood and the all of the prostitute reading right. I'm doing with Jack the Ripper... It's all just in the brain now, and it's just, I, you know, I've already thought about how, like, you could suck milk on an adult's breasts, oh, either right. male or Let's female. Get it. Okay, thank you. It. It's I'm not just, a, I don't want to hear it anymore, Henry. Good Lord. All right. Yes. Just, Deadwood. I, I will say, you know how people say they hate to hear people's dreams? Yes. That's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree. Specifically yours. Um, all right. Well, let's go to another hellacious time in human history. Other than Deadwood, let's jump right back in to Jack the Ripper Part 3. Oh, yeah. And we are picking up the night of the double event. That would be uh, the murder of Catherine Eddowes and uh, the murder of Elizabeth Stride. That would be the double event. So after they found those bodies, a couple hours afterwards at 2.55, a.m., another discovery was made. PC Alfred Long found a ripped piece of apron covered in blood and mm. feces lying outside of Wentworth Model Dwellings on Goulston Street. Now, here's the thing about the U.K., which I don't understand, or if this is an old-timey thing. They always would write feces as feces. Feces. <laughs> right? F-A-E-C-E-S. So that's a problem. I look at it, and it makes me think of fairies. It makes me think of, like, magic when you would talk about it. Yeah. M-A-G-I-C-K-E. And it's just being like, is this just the new age way of spelling shit? <laughs> yeah, it sort of sounds like an Egyptian god, too. Feces. I, I praise feces. It also, also re- why does he have dookie on his apron is that like a traditional thing where they wash their hands and then the apron's long enough after they go to the bathroom to just like, they're like, well, it it works on the meat. It works on my butt. I'm wearing my own toilet paper. That's the most economical use of my outfit here. Also, I don't need to wear undies either because it's like a bathroom door. The cleanest market in town. The feces came from the body. 
because they apparently oh, that sure. was one thing that they talked about is that when they found uh, a Liz Stride's body is that not only had she been deeply dismembered, but she'd also pooped on the street. So it was like when David Spade and Chris Farley were eating the shrimp and Tommy Boy. And Chris <laughs> Farley, is, and David Spade's like, this one was full. It was yep. like that. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, I don't like it. Now, the reason why Wentworth Model Dwellings was important in this context is that it was in a largely Jewish section of Whitechapel, and the building was inhabited almost entirely by Jewish people. This was important because of the message that was written on the wall right above where the apron lay. Hmm. The message said, The Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Wait, hold on, what? <laughs> so are they Listen to be blamed? They, they say it's it's cockney doublespeak as to what they're, they're talking about. So they use a lot of double negatives in cockney slang. So what it says is, The Jews uh -huh. are the men that will not be blamed. For nothing. So are they blamed for something? Yeah, it, it's no, more like, it's it's like, the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Now I get it. Yeah. Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> See, it's completely about the I'm sorry, I was saying it too clear. <laughs> yeah, and that was with Jews spelled J-U-W-E-S. S. Now, there's a lot of speculation as far as to what that misspelling means. Now, there's a lot of speculation, Marcus. Uh, there's a lot of it. There's literally books of it. I'm yeah. holding two of them in my hands. Both of them are 900 pages long. Let's get into it. Just about the misspelling, huh? Oh, yeah. And it could be the simplest explanation is that the Ripper was illiterate. Yeah, he's and, a moron. And he didn't know how to spell Jews. That's disgusting. How dare you shame Ripper. That's Ripper shame. I don't know. If you're not intelligent enough to spell the race that you don't like, you have to like them. That's my official position on that. How can you be anti-Jewish anti if you don't even know how to spell the name? It also could be that Jews, J-U-W-E-S was a secret Masonic message, Ooh. but... <laughs> oh, you want to uh -oh. start it without starting it, Marcus? I'm going to start it without starting it. I'm a, that's going to be a little teaser for episode four. I've got a nerd alert lined up <laughs> right behind me, guys, if you get too much into this. Now, it seems like if you're interested in true crime at all, that a photograph of this message would be just as recognizable as the Mary Kelly crime scene photo, as photography was very much in use in law enforcement at this time. But you've got to remember that opinions of the Jewish population among East Enders at this point were not very high, to say the least. Mm -hmm. And the message was written right in the middle of a popular Jewish merchant area, and at any moment, genteel purchasers were sure to show up and see the message. Well, now, it's very, it's very interesting because also not only was... Whitechapel, in general, a big center of of the Jewish population of London itself. But this little area was like the the complete total epicenter of Jewish life in Whitechapel. And what was interesting is that they weren't so much mad that the Jewish people were there celebrating another religion. It was that they lived completely in a European style. Like it was very open. It was out on the streets, and people resented the way they lived. They resented the fact that they came in and didn't adhere to like English 
push societal measures and the way that they live, which is getting pissed drunk in the sleep, fucking getting pissed drunk in the street, beating prostitutes all day. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, it takes a little while to assimilate. What was the? Uh, what was it written in? Was it blood? I mean, they didn't chalk. Paint always oh, in chalk. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was. It was written in chalk. I was thinking it could be feces, but I'm happy to hear it's chalk. <laughs> this is this right here. This is the logic of the police officers when the Gentiles saw this message, whatever the hell it meant, it was possible that it would have given the genteel population of the East End just the excuse they needed to run riot, and that was the last thing the Metropolitan Police wanted to deal with, and so it was decided after much debate that the message would be washed away before a photographer had a chance to capture it. But there is no doubt whatsoever that it was written by the killer as the fabric found matched perfectly with a piece ripped away from the apron of Catherine Eddowes. But at the same time, <laughs> it could have just been there in the first place. That graffiti was written right. on there to just to be anti-Semitic, possibly, and it could have just been there, and the killer just dropped it as he was running away trying to clean the cum off his pants. So that's the <laughs> yeah. problem. That, well, is that, is, that is that is true. I, I take it back. There is uh, plenty of doubt that because uh, among Whitechapel, there was quite a bit of anti-Semitic graffiti just written, and it could be that it was just a... Because what it was right. is the uh, they could tell that the cloth was used to wipe off the knife. But Okay, so yes. then this implies that the killer would be a Gentile if they're against the Jewish people, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, but, but then how would they... How would they start to blame the Jewish people for being Jack the Ripper? Or was it a Jewish person who purposely did that to make it look like a Gentile did it? Look at the statement. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Look at the statement. Listen, the Jews were the men that will not be named for nothing. It sounds like a spiteful message from a Jewish person that say that no matter what happens here, the Jews will be blamed. Whatever happens in this town. So it could be, and this goes into weird alternative theories about Jack the Ripper, about whether or not he was a Jewish man that was bitter about his about the prostitute population in Whitechapel and wanted to do something about it, or it was a Jewish man that was killing prostitutes in order to bring the intention of the government to Whitechapel to come and help them. Basically, it's this idea that, that maybe th that Jack the Ripper was killing prostitutes and getting attention and writing these messages in order to get government attention so people to come in and clean up the streets. Interesting. They call that the social reformer theory. Now, it is possible that the murders would have passed into history as nothing more than a sordid footnote had the perpetrator been known simply as the Whitechapel murderer or even if he had just been known as Leather Apron, as cool as Leather Apron is. Very cool. One of the reasons why this case has endured for well over 100 years all comes down to branding. It all comes down to the name Jack the Ripper. It's like, cool. It's cool. I mean, it's cool. It's, like it's Shaka catchy. Khan. <laughs> Shaka Khan. Good point. Yeah, it's cool. It's catchy. It tells you everything that you need. Uh, Jack the Ripper, the name itself is why this has endured for so long. And that name came from a series of letters received the day of the double event. Just hours before the Elizabeth Stride murder, Scotland Yard was given a letter that had supposedly been sent to the desk of journalist Tom Bulling of the Central News Agency. The letter, written in red ink and addressed to the boss, reads as follows. It went to Bruce uh, Springsteen? Exactly. Yeah, it's 150 years too early. I'm sorry. We, all want, we were all looking for the troubadour of New Jersey for forever. Dear boss... I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. 
I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. <laughs> that joke about leather apron gave me real fits. <laughs> I am down on whores, and I shan't quit ripping them until I do get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and I want to start again. You will soon hear of me with my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with, but it went thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough, I hope. Ha ha! <laughs> the next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ear off and send to the police officers just for jolly, wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do a bit more work, then give it out straight. My knife's so nice and sharp, I want to get to work right away if I get a chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Don't mind me giving the trade name. P.S. Wasn't good enough to post this before I got all the red ink off my hands. Curse it, no luck yet. They say I'm a doctor now. Ha ha, and away I go! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I don't, don't want to get. <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I know we're doing the suspects in the next episode, but I think I solved it. It's uh, judging by the knife work and the and the letter. It's Julia Childs. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely lovely. You just take the horse uterus and you cook it in a bit of chardonnay, and it's just absolutely it's condisciplined. It's condisciplined is my new word because I'm fucking hammered. <laughs> Constantly hammered. <laughs> now, this letter probably would have been passed off as one of the many hoaxes going around at the time, if not for one line. The next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ears off and send to the police officers just for jolly, wouldn't you? I gotta say, clip sounds worse than cut. Yeah. Like the idea of being yeah. clipped off. Yeah, Ugh. well, because it's a clipping that is much more uh, animalistic. Right. Clipping is something you do to a sheep. You right, clip right. a sheep's balls off, you know? like oh. you, you <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> you clip the ears of a dog. Right. Like that, that's why clip sounds so much more disturbing, because it implies that he doesn't see these women as humans. I'm going to name why my first child clip. Clip Kissel. <laughs> well, so you're going to be like Sarah Palin? Yeah. Naming your kids after fucking sounds that the gun makes my other question is is you clip the ears of a dog yeah yeah of course all those uh dogs you see fighting the pit bulls those are all clipped yeah doberman pinchers a lot yeah. of people clip those ears and the tails yeah. of many doberman pinchers it's uh, it's an awful practice i'm against it yeah it's cruel dogs are not paper dolls i know dogs are cute Borky died. <laughs> my my middle brother, he had a cat named Charcoal, and he used to clip her whiskers. And then, of course, as you got older, you realize that's their main feeling. Uh, that's, oh! that's how they feel. So she was in hell uh, living with my middle brother. Oh, yeah, she was living in Saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wanted to have them just so. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's kind of a strange thing he did. <laughs> now, if you'll remember, concerning the ear clipping, one of Catherine Eddowes' earlobes had indeed been clipped, so cops took this one a little more seriously mm. than the other letters they had received. At a loss, cops printed the letter in the papers and made gigantic copies of it and posted them outside police stations, hoping someone would recognize the handwriting. Now, this has got to be a tough decision for a police department to make. Yeah. Do, you pr do you do the press or do you not do the press? What my personal belief at this point in history would say, don't do it. Well, at Doesn't, this point, they had no idea what to do because yeah. this was the first time they were dealing with the press. 
Right. So there was and no they had precedent. an uneasy relationship with the press up until this point because the whole they, exactly they're constantly fighting like leads getting out and people coming to them with information that they have been prepped with ahead of time. So now they're, you're getting all these people confessing because there have been the details of the crimes have been already put out in the newspapers. Sure. So it's it's very strange. So the police want to get their message out. Yeah. Yeah, but unless. This letter came from somebody in the newspapers. Yeah, because this whole thing, it was a huge mistake as they were soon receiving dozens of letters a day with anywhere between 300 and 1,400 received overall by the end of it, depending on who you read. And that right there is a wonderful example of just how fucking confusing it is to research Jack the Ripper. The gap between 300 and 1,400 is pretty goddamn wide. It's a big gap. It's a huge gap. It's 1,100. And also, every witness is hammered. Yeah. Every witness is belligerently hammered and already a known liar. Everybody's a liar and a thief, and everything's pitch black. And so they're all just saying just whatever. They're just saying whatever off the top of their head. They don't like the way the guy served its fish and chips. (laughs) <laughs> because it was too soggy or maybe it was too good because they thought the fish and chips were too good and that's suspicious it's got to be sausage egg it's got to be I've never had good proper malt vinegar on my fries before yeah, it could be a killer this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace finding work-life balance can be tough but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse picks. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. And speaking of Saucy Jack, the next one... Is considered to be possibly genuine is known as the Saucy Jack postcard. It was received on October 1st, the day after the double event. This is what it reads. I was not codding, dear old boss, when I gave you the tip. You'll hear about Saucy Jackie's work tomorrow's double event this time. Number one squealed a bit, couldn't finish straight off. Ha! Huh. 
Not the time to get ears for police. Thanks for keeping last letter back till I get to work again, Jack the Ripper. Ha ha ha! again! <laughs> Sounds like a J. Edgar Hoover letter. <laughs> you know he's wearing a dress during that. Saucy jacket. Saucy, ooh. Oh, I'm sitting on a bowling pin while I write this. Oh, sweet dear saucy Jackie covered with his own saucy Jackie. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Oh! I'm as horny as a deer! <laughs> I don't know if deer are that horny, but... Oh, have you never seen a deer fuck another deer? It's atrocious. Oh, I love to watch it. Goodbye. Bye-bye. The people who argue that the Saucy Jack postcard is genuine point to the fact that the postcard described the double event before it was released in the papers. But what those people ignore is the possibility that it was invented by the papers themselves. Mm. What? (laughs) You're crazy. You're crazy, dog me. There's no way... these fucking bent cockney assholes were trying to sell newspapers. <laughs> no way that's possible. It's pretty widely believed now by most reputable historians uh, that these letters were actually written by journalist Tom Bulling, the mm. guy who gave them to the Metropolitan Police in the first place, or possibly uh, his editor. And the whole thing was just a ruse to add a little bit more sauce to the murders uh, and to keep the story going. We got fake news. Yeah, fake I mean, news. fake news. Fake news. Well, I mean, really, the uh, the concept of journalistic integrity uh, came from fighting back against uh, these sorts of stories not only in England but also in America. Uh, The whole fake news phenomenon is that we're just going through cycles. We're just Mm -hmm. at the next phase of fake news. Uh, This is something that's been going on for well over a century, ever since newspapers were invented. I don't read any fake news. I only read U.S. Uh, the U.S. Weekly Report. U- U.S. World News and Report. U.S. World it's News. I only read Empire News. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? All I read is the spe- that, that Metro paper that they give out for free on the subway. That's right. And it's great because they'll tell you all sorts of things. That they Movie reviews, what subway lines You're on. are doing bad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, actually, we were. I want to thank uh, all the people at Metro Boston for That's doing right. a great story on us. Yeah, that was yeah, so my nice. buddy Brendan McGurk. Thank you very much, Brendan. Thank you. Not fake news not fake news <laughs> now the most disturbing letter and the one most likely not written by journalists is the infamous from hell letter oh my god how this- do you get paper from hell it's so hot there <laughs> It's so wild. Wow. Wow. Yikes. Tough day to be a post office. Uh, You know, uh, I I think I may have just come up with this, but you know, like a house, it's just a place for your stuff, right? (laughs) And your whole life is you go out and you just get more stuff. And you just want to put it in. When you go to a hotel, it's just another place for your stuff. You're bringing your stuff from one place. got your stuff. Uh Your place got stuff. Uh That's George Carlin bit. Yes. (laughs) Very good, Henry. Uh, The from hell letter was sent to George Lusk, the head of the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee. Now, to me, this is a big point, right? If you – all of these other letters have been sent to the newspapers, right, which is easy to do. With George Lusk, you have to know that he's the head of the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee. Like you Mm -hmm. have to know that he's he's setting that up, right? So it's possibly somebody from the neighborhood – sent this letter. Somebody who knows what's going on in Whitechapel right. sent the letter, possibly a member of the vigilance group or 
Jack the Ripper himself. Right. Quite possibly. One and the same, maybe? <laughs> could be. Could you be. You fucking idiot. But of actually, course, it happens all the time. But actually, journalists and uh, the police, they weren't the only ones getting letters. People were sending letters all over England claiming to be Jack the Ripper. They would send them to magistrates, businesses, hotels, just private individuals, just <laughs> just to anybody. Because it's just like every single crime, that ha- every single oh, yeah. unsolved crime that goes on, uh, you get this. We, we get this in a Boston Strangler. We got this in uh, the hmm. Night Stark. You get this with BTK. Anybody looking to settle a personal beef or somebody looking to just scare someone else, they're going to take advantage of it. This has oh, been going yeah. on for centuries. Oh, I get letters from Capital One all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> you're not going to scare me, Capital One. I'm not opening it. Okay. If Jack the Ripper shows us anything, it's that people do not change. Right. We are the exact same now as we were in 1888. Uh, and, you know, us here in America, America are exactly like people back in England. Like it's people are the same all over, and it never changes. Well, we, it's kind, it's both really depressing and and also very encouraging. It's comfortable when you look back. You see it again and again and again. It's like we're doing the same shit. We're in the middle of. That's why it's like between watching Deadwood and reading about London 1888, I'm feeling that all of that same feelings now. Like we're I in this like know. weird new time period. We don't dump sewage out of our windows. Not yet, you know. And I don't think we're ever gonna do that again. Well, I mean, human. You don't. Yeah, I mean. What you do? Well, no one can see your face, but he's saying that he does with his eyes. (laughs) Fine. Well, the reason why the from hell letter was taken seriously was because it arrived with something a little extra: half a human kidney. Ooh. Okay. You get that in a butcher shop if you ask for a little something extra. You will get a little, <laughs> little piece of kidney, and it's actually really nice. You fry it up with some onions. It's really nice. I think it's a human kidney, though. Yeah, it's a human. It, it is definitely a human kidney. Didn't we the know mailman, for a fact. Didn't the mailman feel it was a little soggy and puffy? Oh, you can, did, you can send did, body parts through the mail. You just wrap it up extra, extra, extra. I look like someone sent another set of nuts <laughs> in a goddamn envelope. <laughs> I honestly thought... My life was fucking bad. You know, I get up every day. My fucking male rucksack is covered in shit. My fucking male boots covered in shit. <laughs> I got to go from place to place. People dumping beers on me because they say the mail is run by wizards. And I see him like, if my mail was run by wizards, would I be this fat? <laughs> <laughs> You'd make a wish and get thinner, I suppose. Hard and hard, it is to be a mailman, see? Now I'm, I'm a fucking organ delivery service now! <laughs> this is what the From Hell letter said. From Hell. Mr. Lusk, I'll send you off the kidney I took from one woman and preserved it for you. Oof. The other piece I fried and ate it. It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out if you only wait a while longer. Signed. Catch me when you can, Mr. Lusk. It's the fat guy from Nuns on the Run. <laughs> <laughs> Testicle spectacles, wallet and watch. It's the that's who did it. They're looking for a fat dude dressed as a nun. You Why th- didn't you I exist that, back then? You always think that it's the fat guy from Nuns on the Run. He did a lot! <laughs> 
your gun. That's a fat guy. That's a fat guy move. No one, no one then would be like, I have to clarify. I did eat the other half, and it was delicious. I, I did eat it, and I would tell you, to be honest, it could have been better. I wish. I honestly wish it tasted better. You could almost hear the letter breathing heavy. It is definitely Jack the Ripper was fat. Who killed well, Kennedy? Was, the fat guy from Nuns on the Nuns Run. Nuns on the Who Run. Who was the Zodiac killer? Fat, fat guy, guy from Nuns, Nuns on the on Run. The run. That poor man is sitting, because so many anonymous letters that poor actor has received. <laughs> just like sitting open up and being like, I'm not, I'm not the Zodiac Killer. I'm a character performer. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't worked in a long time. I'm mostly doing voiceover now. It's for Gogurt commercials. Oh. I don't understand why I get this harassed. <laughs> well, don't, uh, don't harass the guy. I mean, but he is guilty. But I say harass until he fucking dies. No, he <laughs> might already be dead, actually. I don't, I'm not quite he sure. He could be dead. Yes. No, and Lusk found the letter. He thought it was just a joke, thinking the kidney was from a dead sheep, which... This is funny. <laughs> this is funny yeah, now. Okay. I'm, I'm happy they did this. You know, to be honest, I've been feeling... I've been looking for a bit of lightness. It's nice to have a break. Yeah, I guess the Kathy comic strip wasn't around yet, so you had to read something on Sunday mornings. He did so go a week, open it and go, Ack. <laughs> Ack. Mondays. <laughs> The Lusk kept the kidney for a full day, wondering what to do with it, kept it in his desk drawer, before a buddy convinced him they should take it over to a local doctor to see if it was human, just for kicks. All of these fucking Whitechapel people are so casually horrible. Right. He's the good guy. He's like, he's the guy that the local, the local fucking head of the, what's his name? He's Ned Beatty from the Burps. And he's sitting there. Just playing with the human kidney all right. day. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Does it talk to a police officer? Does it mean, like, I don't know what to do with it? Like, he got a, like, he got a nude picture <laughs> yeah. in the mail. It's just using it as a stress reliever, I guess, maybe. Yeah. And so they took the kidney over to the local doctor, but the local doctor was out, so they took it to another local doctor who ruled that it was inconclusive. So those three took it over to the London hospital, where it was examined and confirmed to be human. And then all four of them all bundled over together to H Division headquarters and delivered it to the proper authorities after taking a human kidney from place to place to place on oh. one sunny Sunday afternoon. It is like a critter poll of dumb fucks. <laughs> and it's just, it just gets bigger and bigger and dumber and dumber as it goes. Well, because that's when the cops, they couldn't handle Whitechapel, right? So they just gave it to the citizens. There's like a couple of you at Aberlean, right? The inspector, the guy who was, ahead, who was really in this shit, who's walking around and doing the best he can, who was supposed to have been uh, promoted to Scotland Yard. It was like the story of, it's like a movie story where Aberlean essentially was a super cop that was supposed to, he was getting very quickly promoted and they're like, wait, actually, we need to send you to Whitechapel to go investigate the Jack the River crimes. And he's like, fuck, because he's got to go into the worst part of the world. Yeah. And then they just gave him, they just gave all of the crime solving fucking duties to these drunken idiots. Mm. <laughs> and then Mel Gibson was his partner. Can you believe he's apart. there? Yeah, just Calling everybody his... sugar tits. Oh my God. Five women named sugar tits <laughs> just in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, they compete with Nick Nolte and Danny Glover for the case. Wild stuff. No, there is a misconception that the kidney was, quote, Jenny, meaning Jen, full of Jen, and that it had come from a female, which points towards it coming from Catherine Eddowes, whose left kidney was taken by the Ripper. Oh. However, the Jenny line was actually a misquote by the press as the doctor who had examined the kidney had actually said that it had been preserved in spirits rather than being spirited itself, so mm. to speak. 
So they put it in a in a jar filled with gin. gin yeah. No, the guy who had cut wherever the human kidney came from before it was sent uh. to George Lusk, it was preserved in wine. Oh, that's kind <laughs> of fl- yeah. yeah, if you cook it, it honestly, kidney, a little marinade in some wine mm. with like onions oh, and yeah. currants and stuff mm. like that, and you cook it up and do it, like honestly, that would probably be really tasty. You do do I had this thing in in um in uh, Atlanta called a deviled pig's kidney, where the, oh. the waiter came up and he's just like, we got some suckling pigs in this morning, and the chef wanted to do something fun, so he made these like this little like deviled pig's uh, kidney dish, and ooh, it was good. When they saw you walk in the door, that chef got so rock hard. <laughs> and he was like, I think I found the dumpy shithead that's going to eat this disgusting food that should be banned in the country. <laughs> My God. It reminds me of that drink. I think it's in Ireland or something, Kiss the Toe, mm-hmm. where they have that old rotten toe. In it's the, in, uh, I think it's in Saskatchewan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a Canadian thing. Oh, a Canadian thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Now, while this is pointed to, the From Hell letter, while it's pointed to as the most credible Jack the Ripper artifact... A lot of opinions say that it was most likely a prank done by a medical student at the same London hospital where it was identified as human. Hmm. Unless it was done by a doctor himself who worked at the London hospital. If we want to get into that as well. And that they purposely downgraded the spelling of the letter, which we've seen now throughout all of serial killer history, right? Where it's like when they write letters, like look at the BTK letters. Hmm. They're purposely misspelled to sort of throw you off the track so you don't don't have to you can't compare the handwriting to other pieces of handwriting yeah but they misspell like they will uh they will misspell easy words but they will spell like uh they'll spell harder words correctly cornucopia yes. <laughs> that's a hard word like she had a cornucopia of guts that i played with but he misspelled guts he went g E-T-S, gets. Yeah. <laughs> like, for example, in the From Hell letter, it's like he misspells nice. He spells it N-I-S-E, but on knife, he makes sure to put the K in there. Mm. He, spe- he also misspelled knife, but he spelled it K-N-I-F and left the E off, but he remembered to put the K in there. It's weird Which is the like hard that. part of the word. That's the hard part of the word. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Now. The entire month of October passed without a single murder attributed to the Ripper. Can I actually read? There's one factoid I'd heard about that was really interesting. A part of the reason why this started really freaking people out at this time period is that the year before, in 1887, Whitechapel only had six murders. And that this rash of murders was actually something that they weren't used to. Like this amount of murders, which is why people were really freaking out. Yeah, because, I mean, Whitechapel wasn't, like, a murder capital or anything. Well, like, sounds yeah, like it. Murders did, murders did happen, but it was mostly just high. It was mostly burglaries, uh, assaults. Beatings, yeah, drinking, right. drunken fights. Yeah. Like, it was just a horrible place. It was just the worst place in the world to be, but you wouldn't get murdered. Yeah. Which is actually almost worse. I mean, or did they just call, like, a knife to the heart or a, a baseball bat to the back of the head? Did they just call it natural causes? Maybe this is the first year. Where they were like, maybe we should look into this thing. Yeah, called a Whitechapel thunderstorm. Yeah, something no. like that. So the entire month of October, not a single murder. But on November 9th, 1888, Jack would strike one final time in his most disgusting display of brutality yet with the murder of Mary Jane Kelly. Mm. See, Mary was different than all of the other victims. First, she was younger, clocking in at 25, as opposed to the others who were all in their 40s. 
Second, she was extremely attractive by all accounts, whereas the others were a bit more on the rough side, what with the missing teeth and all. Well, you know, extremely attractive in comparison. White Chapel. If you're you're a White Chapel She is a victim. Mary Kelly was a beautiful woman. (laughs) She had a promising future. But also, it's why her death gets the most attention and why the most conspiracy theories hinge on this on this death we're also because of the way she died as well yeah, yeah. absolutely and yeah and third mary had her own room rather than the four penny coffins at the lodging houses which she had rented for the last eight months of her life and that would be the room that she was murdered in rather than all the other victims who were all murdered on the street or in backyards mary had shared that room in spittlefields with a fish porter named Joseph Barnett. But as Joseph was often unemployed, Mary resorted to prostitution to support the two quite often. Joseph stuck around until Mary invited a homeless prostitute to share the room, at which point Joseph moved out but stayed on friendly terms with Mary. Or was sexually obsessed with her to the point where he went ahead to kill a bunch of prostitutes in Uh Whitechapel to discourage her from going back to prostituting to pull her back into living with him. (laughs) Hong Kong, next episode. (laughs) Suspect, next episode. You keep jumping ahead. Stay on target. Good for his exercise, though. That's good. That it's good that he can still jump. It's nice. (laughs) Now that room, located on Dorset Street, was only 12 square feet, with a fireplace opposite the door, two windows to the left, and a bedside table so close to the door that it would bang against the door when the door was opened. That's a good place for the fireplace opposite the door as opposed to right by the door so when you open the door you can be able to catch <laughs> that fire. God damn it! Ah, who put the fireplace? Mm. The only decorations were a couple of engravings and a painting called The Fisherman's Widow. Ooh. Which is really sad because your boyfriend's a fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> you, your boyfriend's a fisherman. You have a painting saying the fisherman's widow, which is basically like, I hope you get murdered. <laughs> I hope you die, yeah. <laughs> Mary was reported to be a quiet woman until she got drunk, at which point she would sing Irish songs and get into fights, becoming what her friends referred to as... Dark Mary. Oh, I love Dark Mary. That's the only Mary yeah. I would ever want to hang out with. That was her Chris Gaines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, the last song, Dark Mary, was heard to be singing the night of her murder was at 11.45 p.m. when a neighbor heard her singing the old Irish tune, A Violet from Mother's Grave. We've actually got... Ooh. Yeah. We've got a recording. Not a recording of Mary Kelly, but a recording of the song A Violet from Mother's Grave. Let's hear it. Actually, that song is used to very chilling effect in uh, the Jack the Ripper Museum in London. Yeah, they've got uh, an amazing room that is a uh, a recreation of Mary Kelly's room, and they play that uh, an acapella version of that on a loop 
over and over and over again. It sounds like uh, Meryl Streep's character in that horrendous film that she might win an Oscar for. Florence, <laughs> oh, Florence Jenkins sucks. or whatever. Oh, it was so I bad. I hate that movie. Whitest movie I ever saw in my life. Um, but also, I can see how the endless loop of that song playing can curdle the minds of the people working at the museum. I was watching a documentary yesterday called Jack the Ripper, Suspect Uncovered. And it was... It had a historian, a Whitechapel like historian woman, and she's just dressed in the bonnet, like you walk around and be like, oh, it was a right frame of time for a prosy to get snippity snapped. <laughs> and it's just like, you're all just, you have to go home. At some point, you have to go home to your family, and you're still like this. Yeah, I'm not sure who decided that was a good pitch for the human ear, but it, it's, it, at least it's music. It was something that. Uh, Today's sponsor for last podcast on the left is Chris All No Glare Lenses. And thank you, Chris All, for sponsoring us today. If you wear glasses, then you know that fingerprints smudges, scratches, and glares can obstruct your vision and be a huge distraction. That's why I love Crizzol No Glare Lenses. They give you the clearest vision possible by offering resistance to glares, scratches, and smudges. That means no more fingerprint smudges from taking your glasses on and off or scratches from cleaning your lenses on your shirt. Better yet, no more blinding glare created by your digital devices so you can see everything on your screen, even if you're working at night. Crizzol Lenses even protect your eyes against harmful blue violet light of your digital screens and because Chris all no glare lenses stay clear and reduce distracting glare your friends and family can actually see your eyes not just your glasses look better feel better and most importantly be prepared for whatever comes your way with clear vision go to chrisall.com to learn more of that c-r-i-z-a-l.com and start living life ah, in the clear now at 2 a.m., Mary Kelly was seen by a man named George Hutchinson on Commercial Street. She asked him for six pence, but when he told her he had nothing to give, she said she needed to make some money and walked away. Hutchinson said he saw a man tap her on the shoulder and say something, at which point they both started laughing as the man put his arm around Mary's shoulder. The two then walked away together. The last thing anyone would hear from Mary Jane Kelly would be three cries of, Oh, murder! At 4 a.m., heard by a neighbor from Mary's apartment. But once again, nobody paid it any more mind than they had with the death of Mary Nichols. Can I ask an inappropriate question? Of course. Is it possible that the oh, murder... Is the no, sound she made when she orgasmed? No. And it was well, the actually, we, I knew that's what the question was going to be. It's well, I actually <laughs> have a question now that Henry, Henry, that's it. I, now, is it possible it was the sound of her orgasming? <laughs> is that possible, Marcus? Because that's actually an interesting question. No, it's, it's no because she was Henry. A you prostitute. had a question. If if it, oh, it's inappropriate, <laughs> but. Maybe oh, murder is the sound she made when she orgasmed. Huh, that is an interesting question. Marcus, what do you say to that? I don't never it's thought of it. It's possible. Oh, anything it's possible. In the oh. world of Jack the Ripper, Ooh. anything is possible. It's possible. <laughs> Fucking monsters. <laughs> now, Jack the Ripper began with Mary Kelly, as he did with all of his victims, with a deep slash to the mm. throat, this time down to the bone. Although, as the cry of Oh Murder demonstrated, Jack may have relished a bit more in frightening his victim before killing her this time. 
The extent of the mutilation the Ripper performed on Mary as she lay in her own bed makes it nearly impossible to tell the exact order of the slaughter. It may be that the killer had escalated to the highest level, or it could be that the Ripper did to Mary what he would have done to any of his victims had he had the time and privacy. He's- I think it was that. I think what you're saying is right. Is that he actually had a room to do the crime in, and he had time. Right. Because what we now know about product killers is that they formulate their whole life around getting a, a like. Look at Ted Bundy, right? Ted Bundy went and he had that secluded area that he would drop the bodies off with, so that he could have just uninterrupted time with the bodies. Ed Gein's house. Right. It's like you have these times. So I, in my head, when I look at it, it's that because what did we what did we learn again from Jeffrey Dahmer? There's no real. There's no real peak of escalation. At yeah. some point, there's just despair. But but at that point, Jeffrey Dahmer was becoming like a dark magic lord in his mind. He built over an these altar. Bodies. Right. Yes. Yeah, he had so built he a was, full altar in his mm. apartment. So there was more room to go for Jack the Ripper if he wanted. So I feel like this is just an example of he was he just had the opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is what he actually did to Mary Kelly. He skinned her thighs and hacked away at the muscle before mutilating her arms in the same way. He opened the stomach and removed the intestines, laying them to the right side of her body. He took out the spleen and set it to the left, with the liver being set between her feet. He cut off her breasts and set one by her right foot. The other he set under her head with her uterus and kidneys. Mm. As opposed to the seemingly careful mutilation of Catherine Eddowes, the Ripper hacked away at Mary Kelly's face until she could only be identified by her eyes and her ears. Mm. The only thing Jack the Ripper took with him from Mary Kelly's room was Mary Kelly's heart. Oh, my goodness. And a bunch of memories, I guess. I guess he what did. A disgusting. I don't. I'm not trying to make. I don't know what I'm just. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. So I had to my say, head, I wow, wanted to make disgusting. a joke about uh, Tony Bennett's "Left My Heart in San Francisco," but I yeah. don't think no, that's also. No, we're not doing record. that. No, that is. So, I mean, this is what he would have done to all, or, or something similar. Yeah. Uh, if he had the time. I mean, and it's also possible Good that God. you know, with Catherine Eddowes, you know, he he made the the slits in her eyelids. Right. He uh, did the little V's underneath her eyes. I mean, it could be that he started to work on Mary Kelly. And in the exact same way, but then just kept going, like further and further and further and further. So now, the time, and we also saw in Liz tried. He cut off the tip of her nose, and what a lot of people point to is that this is uh, indication that he had some sort of uh, venereal disease, that he was possibly had syphilis, which a lot of time involves face rot. Mm-hmm. Like the tip of your nose falls off, you get these weird calluses mm-hmm. and boils all over your face, and so there's this idea that a part of the killings were revenge for giving him. Him some sort of disease, say, or he believed that a prostitute gave him a sexual trans, sexually transmitted disease, and so he was doing that as a uh, kind of symbolic, like "fuck you." Well, we should expand on that for the next episode too. That's interesting, mm-hmm. very yeah. interesting. That's that's a big part of my favorite. Pet so, theory. I mean, uh, as far as the actual dying goes, it's pretty quick for the victim. It's every single time. It is immediate. Uh, yeah. He that's what he does. He wants to he sli- slits their throat as fast as he can so he can get 
to the body because that's so all he that's him, all he cares about. So he's a product killer. Yeah. Yeah. He I mean wants it's the it, product. It's yeah. also like Richard Chase, you know, like yeah. Richard Chase, you know, th- those people died almost instantly. He kills them as fast as he possibly can because it's not about the kill. It's not like Andre Chikatilo right. who, is a, pro- who is a process and... killer right, who right, right, you know yeah. who really relishes the hunt of it. You know, that's what yeah. makes him hard. Uh with these guys it is all about killing them as soon as they possibly can cuz like Dahmer uh didn't really kill anybody in a particularly brutal fashion. Uh, no, he was he would get himself blackout drunk. Yeah, right. In order to even do it, the yeah. whole point was just to get because it's about control. Yeah, well, he right? did it's the about having a, having possession. Yeah. Did he did he, he drill bits in people's brains. He did do the stuff. drill bit and the acid in the brain and all that. But so that that's was pretty extreme. That, oh, I mean, that was it's, that it's, was his yeah. open mic time. As a <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. working on his tight five. I but guess. on the other hand, somebody like Gacy, Gacy relished in the uh, in tricking them. You know, right. doing the uh, the tying the rope trick and all that type of shit, and then you know strangling him. He was all about the mm. uh, the process of it. Mary Kelly's body was found at 10.45 a.m. by Thomas Indian Harry Bowyer, her landlord's assistant. Now, upon getting no answer from knocking on the door to collect rent, Indian Harry looked through the window and saw the horrific scene. Police showed up with Baxter Phillips, who took one look in the window and said, I'm satisfied that the mutilated corpse lying on the bed was not in need of any immediate attention from me. Was that a joke by the detective <laughs> yeah. who found a woman lying on her own breast? Yeah. Good. Yeah, his funny little his funny little last podcast in the left joke Isn't that he that made. Interesting. Just like your father used to tell jokes like that all the time, Henry. Absolutely. Cops have very dark senses of humor. Yes. Now the constables waited outside for two hours, thinking they would soon be joined by a pair of bloodhounds that the Metropolitan Police had commissioned to aid in the capture of Jack the Ripper should another murder occur. That's what they thought, is that if uh, a murder occurs, we can bring out the bloodhounds, they can get on the scent, and we can zip them after the Ripper and find this guy. Only thing was, the bloodhounds named Burgo and Barnaby. Oh, cute names for little dogs. dogs. <laughs> they were little hats and smoking little pipes. Yeah, I oh, like that. Oh gosh, they're so funny. Well, they had to, it takes it takes them longer to get ready because they got to put four shoes on. <laughs> They are fun. I like them. Well, Virgo and Barnaby were 200 miles away with their owner, who, when no murder had occurred in the month of October, he'd just gotten bored and decided to go home without telling anybody. Oh, man. Yeah. So at 1.30 p.m., police, when they finally found out no bloodhounds were coming, they opened the locked door with an axe and found Mary lying in the middle of the bed with her shoulders flat, her legs open, and her head turned on the left cheek. Interesting that the door was locked from the inside. Very interesting. Yeah. Although it would have been extremely easy to reach the RMN through the broken window. If they did. The door. If they did. <laughs> if they did it. <laughs> because there was one of her windows was uh, broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one next to the door? Yeah, because the, it was a 12 by 12 room. It was tiny. The window was right next to the door. Maybe he escaped yeah, through the fireplace. How long is the guy's arms? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Henry. That's the whole point. We don't know. I need to see some measurements. <laughs> measurements. Reverse no. reverse Santa Claus escape through the fireplace. Go up it. Yeah, reverse that. No, a photographer was brought in, and that photographer took the very first crime scene photo ever taken in England, a photo that is still one of the most famous and gruesome ever to be taken. Now, here's a few things hmm. about this murder scene. It is odd that the final murder occurred inside. Could it be that the Ripper chose Mary specifically because she had a home? 
Or did he just get lucky? How many women did he try before Mary Kelly? Did he go out that night looking for somebody with a private room? Did it just so happen that he asked Mary Kelly and Mary Kelly took him to this private room? And is it a coincidence that the one who got it the worst was also the youngest and the only one who was conventionally attractive? Or Mm -mm. could it be that Mary Kelly wasn't murdered by the Ripper at all? Every time I hear... Yeah. Every time I hear the words, could it be, I just immediately imagine ancient aliens be like, but could it be? The <laughs> screams of be? the innocent were fueling a spacecraft. <laughs> we'll answer these questions and more in our final episode of Jack the Ripper. Oh, my I'll God. I'll tell you what. Even though people have written literally hundreds of books about Jack the Ripper, and each one has their own separate, completely decades-long research answer, which are also completely different from each other books, we are going to come up with the conclusive answer to the identity of Jack the Ripper next week. Yeah, I'm going to figure uh, it out by Thursday. The fat guy from Nuns on the Run <laughs> and Julia Childs work together. Work together. And they to were fucking each other in the, mean, in the mean, mean while. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, great. Great wow. episode. Fun stuff. We have to, I want to say uh, thank you to everybody who came out to our show in Philadelphia. Absolutely. It was so awesome meeting everyone. So And cool, I will say, I just want to say, I did not get Philadelphia fever no <laughs> from one anybody did. in that whole town. So no. congratulations. And to the couple who asked me to work their wedding, uh, if that can work, I would love to officiate the wedding. Yeah. It'll be a wonderful time. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun, man. You yeah. got We got to get you all uh, worked up with, what is it, the Metropolitan Life Church? Yes, yeah. I'll do yeah. that. I now pronounce you man and dog. Oh, that's not my wedding. Never mind. I would love to marry a dog, but you can't do it. You, you want to marry a dog. If that's the, what you're saying. I would. You want to marry a dog. <laughs> yeah, because then you're only married for a maximum of like 11 years because dogs die young. Wait, that's, what, that's why you date someone, you got to marry someone with cancer. <laughs> yes, or an elderly person. You get, you get a tragic end. Yeah. Oh, the and then you're single with a sad edge. That's right. Yeah, Philadelphia, so awesome. What a great a union transfer, great venue. And my God, it was so, it's such an honor. And, and so it's, it's always so wonderful just t- uh, talking so to everyone. Yeah. And speaking of which, this Saturday, we're going to be in Kansas City, Missouri, playing at Panic Fest. We're doing two shows. There are still a couple of tickets left for our late show, but those will sell out before Saturday. So uh, just Google Panic Fest, Kansas City, and they've got links to the ticket on to the tickets on their site. Chicago, we're coming after that. Can't wait to see everybody there. We're sold out. And St. Paul, Minnesota on February 25th. We just added a second show. We're going to be doing a late show in St. Paul, and uh, tickets for that are going to go on sale uh, at noon tomorrow. But Mm -hmm. if you are a Patreon subscriber, you already have access to those tickets right now because everybody who donates just a dollar or more to our Patreon gets early access to every single one of our live show uh, tickets. So if you go to patreon.com slash last podcast on the lift and give even a dollar, uh, you're going to be helping us out so much and you're going to get a little bit of something in return. Thanks to everybody who's given to our Patreon so far. Yes. It's fucking fantastic. Also, I'm looking for the hot leads as to what's the best barbecue place in Kansas City. I've mm. been told Oklahoma Joe's. Um, and we're supposed to go to the gas station location, which is what I'm very much so excited for. That's really the thing I'm most excited for. The gas station location? Is it like a, like yes. a Wawa or something? 
No, 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 no. It's the like a, it's like it? a guy doing barbecue in a parking lot of a gas station. Yeah. That's supposed to be. Oh, on. for barbecue. Yeah. There's a there's yeah. a good gas station barbecue uh, joint in Texas. It's like kind of a chain. It's called Rudy's. You can get barbecue Ooh. and gas. Huh. Well, look at that. And then the barbecue gives you gas. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Is it Monday? Oh, I hate Mondays. And uh, go to cavecomedyradio.com uh, slash live to see dates for uh, live shows in St. Louis, Ithaca, Salt Lake City, and San Francisco. Yes, and thanks so much for supporting all the shows here on CCR. We're absolutely crushing it. we got some new products coming. Products. Products. Product. Uh, so take a listen to Able Against Top Hat for everything political. It really is helping people out and to deal with this madness, uh, the new reality that we're currently all sort of living in now. Alex Jones is going to be in the correspondence room. Uh, shoes boxes yeah. make kids gay. Uh, he is uh, absolutely He's moron. legit now. Congratulations, yeah, everyone. So that's that's the world we're living in. We will navigate it t- together. Uh, page um, seven for all your entertainment needs. Roundtable of gentlemen for all the good uh, weird news stories. And uh, Wizard of the Bruiser, check out Holden's show. He's yeah. been working really hard on that. It's literally the only thing he knows about. <laughs> it's video games, so uh, yes. give him a listen. No, it's video games and all kinds of nerd stuff and all that. It's oh, super right. cool. Yeah, and check out the other uh, shows on Cave Comedy Radio, Movie Sign with the Mads, with a couple of guys from Mystery Science Theater 3000, Stupid Human Suits, which is all about death and dying it's and all that. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like that show. It's a, it's a fucking great show. It's brand new. Uh, so yeah, just go to cavecomedyradio.com awesome. and uh, check out all of our shows on the network. Um, also, last stream on the left uh, yep. is on adultswim.com. Look for the live streams tab. We're on 7.30 p.m. Yeah, Eastern Standard Time on Fridays. We're doing that shit. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Henry Loves You, at, Hen- at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel. And follow uh, last podcast to the left on everything at LP on the left. Yes, that's great. And also, five stars on iTunes. Please, uh, that would be great. Honestly, rate and review all the shows. It only helps us. We're going to beat these huge corporations that yeah. are trying to pretend like they're organic. They're not organic. We're the Grassroots Podcast Network. Fuck yeah, and man. Cave we, Comedy Radio, the only DIY one out there. And it's all because the only of one. you guys. We're the only one. Yeah. We're the we're only one in the top ten at any time. So keep it keep it going, please, for us. We got to beat the fucking the, the machine. Yeah. All right? Get off fucking Facebook because they're collecting our data. Fucking cover your camera on your guy damn fucking laptop for the next four years you better fucking do it i always cover your camera unless you're using it for masturbatorial reasons in which case uncover it and let him see your face <laughs> let him see your face let him look at it yeah let me let him see my awful half bored masturbation face oh, well mine yeah. i'm always just like lying there and right before i am uh, you know doing my thing i say oh murder it's kind <laughs> of wild <laughs> murder <laughs> oh murder <laughs> kind of wild there well they um, call it the little death in uh in french that's the term for coming mm-hmm. is it really yeah yeah, yeah. The little death. The little death. Isn't that fun? The yeah. French are an interesting bunch. Aren't they? Hail um, Satan. M- yeah, hail Satan. Magoo And hail Gayen. Hail, hail me, if you would. Hail me first. And hail, hail yourself. yourself. <laughs> and hail yourselves. Okay. 